More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back, everybody. It is Wednesday, and the Clay and Buck Show is kicking off after a Independence Day weekend. Uh, thanks to our friend uh, Michael Berry for taking the reins on Monday. we got a lot to talk to you about. Hope you had an excellent uh, holiday weekend. Had some fireworks going, barbecues, relaxation, all of the above. A lot of fireworks in my neighborhood, I can tell you that. A lot of police going around having to explain to people, don't fire bottle rockets at people's windows. It's a bad idea. So uh, it was interesting down here in Miami, that's for sure. Uh, We've got much to discuss with all of you. First off, cocaine was found in the West Wing, which is not something that usually happens. Um, Not something that is a common occurrence. We will discuss the theories about this once. A little baggie of cocaine was found where people store the cubbies where they store cell phones personal things um so we will look into this one uh clay i'm sure has a theory a lot of people have uh jumped to conclusions on this one given some situations that the president's son has had in the past i'm not going to jump to these conclusions clay i'm going to just well let's get back to it shall we uh we don't know the answer is we don't know who has done what with this uh, we've also got, let me see here, um, resumes with they, them pronouns, according to a new study, more likely to be overlooked because it turns out people do not like to be sued for no reason or to be held hostage by woke lunatics. Um, Bud Light treatment, perhaps, for Ben and Jerry's, as people are saying, after Ben and Jerry's threatened a boycott, I'm sorry, is threatened with a boycott over the July 4th tweet they had demanding that America return stolen indigenous land. That's certainly a discussion we want to have about brands that go woke and perhaps go broke. But I believe Ben & Jerry's is owned by a massive corporation, and so it's not as simple as it may otherwise seem. We'll talk about it. Clay, though, this is the thing that I think got... Oh, and I'm sorry, there was also... don't want to leave this off the off the docket here. A gunman has been arrested for killing five in a mass shooting in Philadelphia. 
Uh, Washington Post did not see fit in its report as of yesterday evening to mention that the gunman had a history of um, cop hatred, extreme BLM support, and was a uh, transvestite. Um, that is not something that appears in the Washington Post reporting, but is something that is confirmed about this mass murderer. I think that's uh, a story that we will revisit and discuss. But okay, Clay, let's dive into this. Yeah, Missouri v. Biden. Um, this is this is a case that looks at a number of plaintiffs, uh, plaintiffs and a number of defendants. I think you said something on Twitter, and I wanted I wanted to hand it off to you because I know you're fired all, uh, fired up about this. I mean, this is one of the it, well, it is considered probably the biggest violation of the First Amendment by the federal government in living memory. And this federal judge, in a preliminary injunction, has just taken a big swing at the Biden regime's massive censorship apparatus on COVID, on election uh, stuff, on a whole range of issues. I was so excited, Buck, and I hope everybody out there had a fabulous fourth. This federal judge, Dowdy, who was a Trump appointee, in Louisiana, shout out to LSU Law School for producing Judge Dowdy, 155-page opinion. Buck, when I got back to my house, I spent it hanging out with the kids at a pool like a lot of people did on the 4th, fireworks here on the 3rd. So I was back home about the time it got dark, and I sat down and I read this opinion and I don't remember the last time I read a federal opinion. Well, I'll take a step back. The last time I read a federal opinion that I agreed with more was the mask removal in Judge Mizell, I think, in Florida, also a district court judge. Remember, that's probably the most consequential ruling, I would say, of the COVID era, Buck, in terms of a district court judge, where we immediately saw all of the airlines renounce their rule and people were ripping off their masks. You remember that. We talked about it a lot on the oh, program. She is my second favorite living judge today after Justice Clarence Thomas. I mean, she yes. is phenomenal and deserves the thanks of of hundreds of millions of Americans. Remember what they were saying? The masks are going to come off. Oh, it's so dangerous. It was fine. They were yeah. all wrong. All crazy. And immediately... Airport airplanes got safer because all of the what you rapidly saw was 75 or 80 percent, if not more, of the conflict between people, uh, flight attendants and passengers was over the stupid mask mandate. And when that got removed, a vast uh, amount of the complaints just vanished and it got way safer and way more comfortable for everybody to fly. So Judge Mizell deserves credit. I, I couldn't have written an opinion more myself, Buck. I felt like I was, all of a sudden, even from this show, I felt like Judge Dowdy was channeling what so many of us have been saying for so many years. And let me just give it to you at its most basic level, because this is what I've been arguing for years. I actually testified uh, in front of Jim Jordan's subcommittee about this exact issue uh, while running OutKick, the government cannot, this is a baseline rule, the government cannot deputize third parties to do what the government otherwise itself would be prohibited from doing. It's a very important rule. And what we saw happen as soon as the Biden administration got into the White House was the unholy alliance between big tech, big government, and big media suddenly exploded in a way where what we were seeing 
was the United States government under Joe Biden was now using all of these big tech companies to censor private citizen commentary that they would not be allowed to do as a government. They were putting the pressure on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of these different entities to do what the government themselves could not do, including Buck, Jen Psaki even bragging about what they were doing in a uh, in a White House press briefing. And we slammed this for years on this program, Buck, and I give credit to Judge Dowdy for finally coming out, 155-page opinion. I encourage you, if you've been frustrated by government power, government overreach, go read this. I don't think it's a coincidence, Buck, that he released it on July 4th. It is, I believe, the most consequential district court ruling on the First Amendment, certainly in the 21st century, and maybe in decades even before that. This is a home-run opinion. I mean, this just reminds me, Clay, of the censorship that people like you and me, and I I don't want to specifically lay out what is the apparatus in Missouri v. Biden, which it should be, it's chilling. I I was up last night. I saw the, you put out the link tweet to it, and I read the the judges. It was pretty lengthy. Uh, You know, he really got into it, but there's so much going on. I want to get into the pieces of the apparatus in a second, but I just, I had a throwback moment here where um, I remember I got a strike uh, so it's like a, a strike and a temporary suspension, I think it was, on Facebook. Yeah. And PolitiFact put that strike on me. So, you know, I'm not very active. I Honestly, I, I kind of have always, I've hated Facebook for a long time. I've known what the communists that run it are. And, and I and I have just people that are doing really well on Facebook or, or who are on the right. I'm always like, how is that happening? Because if you're saying honest things, you should be getting strikes and you should be getting. Anyway, um, but I remember PolitiFact had this thing. Uh, conservative talk show host falsely claims it's time to quote, open the schools, stop wearing masks and everyone that low risk live normal lives. <laughs> it's like, that is what I got. False claims. On- I mean, by, by the way, even if masks outside that's your too. opinion, that's your opinion. Even if, even if somebody doesn't like that, first of all, you were right about all of that. But that's your opinion, yeah. and, and and this is where we don't talk enough about this. So much of fact-checking is not fact-checking at all, because if you and I said, hey, in 1976, uh, Gerald Ford was elected president, and we talked about it for years, and people came back and said, actually, it was Jimmy Carter, okay, that's a fact-check. If we say Jimmy Carter was the worst president in the United States until Joe Biden, and here's our opinion why, you can't fact-check opinions, right? And this is what the fact-check universe has gotten so involved in. They're not just checking basic facts. I also think that when you think when you look at these private businesses, quote, private, these were government adjuncts. These were government-adjacent, yes. you could say. Facebook, Twitter, all of it. YouTube. YouTube is horrible yes. on this stuff. Horrible on this stuff. I mean, anyway, um, you you look at what they were censoring and what they were doing, and it's it's a little bit like if you had, uh, let's say you had, um, you know, UPS that instead of actually taking your package to somebody, they just take your money. The package never arrives, and you never hear about it. And you're like, wait a second, I thought I sent it in. That's what they were doing to a lot of people. That's the shadow banning component of it. So it's really insidious because they weren't even. There's what they were honest about when they kick people off a platform. At some level, there's an honesty and like you're gone, right? And then there was their unwillingness to even tell people you think you're sharing with your audience, but you're not, which is a pretty, you couldn't get away with that in any other sense or any other place other than these social media 
algorithmic, quote-unquote, algorithmically driven things. But so you have those social media platforms, Clay, in the Biden, I'm sorry, Missouri v. Biden case. This is from it. What did the, what were they censoring? I just want to understand because we've talked about COVID. Plaintiffs allege defendants suppress conservative-leaning free speech, such as suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop story prior to 2020 presidential election, suppressing speech about the lab leak theory of COVID-19, suppressing speech about the efficiency of masks and COVID lockdowns, suppressing speech about efficiency of COVID-19 vaccines, suppressing speech about election integrity in 2020, suppressing speech about security of vote by mail, suppressing parody content about defendants, and suppressing negative posts about the economy and negative posts about President Biden. Clay, they were so drunk with power, this went way beyond COVID, and it's about your health. If you made something, if you made a funny meme about Pelosi or Biden, the White House was basically saying, hey, take that down. And they did it. Yeah, and I think it's going to be very difficult. And we'll talk, by the way, to Eric Schmidt, to his credit, when he was Attorney General of the state of Missouri, he was involved in filing this lawsuit. He's now a senator representing the state of Missouri. We'll talk with him at 2.30 in specific detail about the legalities here, Buck. But I think one of the biggest takeaways is it's going to be very hard for the Biden administration to overcome this. And let me explain, too, because I don't think we said this. This is basically enjoining, that is stopping, the federal government's uh, consultations and, I would say, conspiracy with these big tech companies from continuing because this judge has found that there is a very substantial case, likelihood, of success on the merits going forward, and and I flagged uh, one of our uh, one of our readers flagged this, and I thought it was so well said. Uh, there are a lot of different paragraphs that are worthy of of referencing in this piece, uh, but this is from inside of the opinion. Although this case is still relatively young, and at this stage the court is only examining it in terms of the plaintiff's likelihood of success on the merits. The evidence produced thus far depicts an almost dystopian scenario. During the COVID-19 pandemic, a period perhaps best characterized by widespread doubt and uncertainty, the United States government seems to have assumed a role similar to an Orwellian Ministry of Truth. That is from Judge Dowdy's opinion. Buck, it is a bravura is that how you pronounce that? Masterpiece uh, that I would encourage everyone listening to this right now to at least read part of. It's 155 pages, but at least read the beginning and the analysis. Look, why pay more than you have to for something and just throw money away in the process? If your cell phone service is with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, guess what? You're spending too much. You don't get anything better for this. So save money. Switch to Pure Talk. That's the cell phone service that I use every day and save yourself $50 or more every month when you make the switch. Pure Talk can easily save your family over $900 a year. Right now, get unlimited talk, unlimited text, and ultra-fast 5G data for just $20 a month. The service is excellent. Pure Talk uses the most dependable 5G network in the country. And Pure Talk's amazing U.S.-based customer service team will make switching so easy. So choose this veteran-owned company who cares about keeping jobs in America and saving you money. Pick up your phone, dial pound 250, and say Clay and Buck for unlimited talk and text with plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. 
Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. Making sense in an insane world. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know... Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to make sure as we talk about the significance of Judge Dowdy's ruling down in uh, Louisiana, like I said, proud moment for LSU law grads, anybody who reads this, I think. It's important to understand that the media is cheering what is going on with this. By which I mean they are out there saying, hey, this is a huge problem that the government is not able to restrict more what people are saying. This is what they're talking about on CNN and MSNBC. This is important. The media is now cheering the media for First Amendment rights of citizens to be more restricted. Listen to CNN's legal analyst Ellie Honig here make that argument. Calling the present case, quote, arguably involves the most massive attack against free speech 
in the United States history, Ellie. Yeah. It's a dramatic uh, decision by this judge, if you read through it. The ruling itself is the opposite of judicial conservatism. This is one of the most aggressive, far-reaching rulings you'll ever see. What this judge is purporting to do is to micromanage, really, the day-to-day -day interactions between essentially the entire executive branch, all these agencies that are listed as defendants, and the leading social media companies. I don't mean this necessarily as a criticism. This is a very activist judicial opinion. And this is very bad faith diversion from the primary situation that everybody in the media should be focused on, Clay, which is the all-out assault on free speech by the Biden administration using the most powerful online platforms of communication on the planet and in the history of the world. You would think that a journalist would care about that just a little bit. They do not. Yeah, I mean, activism in defense of free speech is arguably the single most important job of any judge and let's listen here also to ms oh this is on uh let's see msnbc what have we got here with this uh, i believe this is msnbc also losing its mind over uh what was said this is ryan riley the fbi isn't policing social media aggressively enough that's what msnbc is arguing listen it's not as though the FBI has been going in and saying, hey, take down this post, hey, take down this post. That's what they're alleging, but there's just not a lot of evidence to support that. And basically, we've had a situation where some politicians are making any contact between social media companies and the FBI or law enforcement seem problematic in some way. And if you look at the reality, it's like the FBI is not very good at monitoring social media. I mean, this opinion, this 155-page uh, opinion, starts off with a, essentially a big if true comment. It says, okay, if these things are true, this is one of the biggest... First Amendment abuses in American history. And I suppose so, if it were true. But that's not necessarily where the facts are lining up with and how exactly, what exactly the evidence shows. I mean, that's just low. That's just beta male so funny, blather. That's just, that's embarrassing. That's not even analysis. It's just, yeah, like, I know I'm supposed to say, you know, that it's not that big a deal. Like, maybe it's not. It's, the guy's just speaking in circles. It I is proven. It Why should the FBI flag anyone's Twitter account? Why should, based on COVID discussions? Well, and I mean, specifically, this opinion also references if you think there are crimes being committed, you can get a warrant, right? I mean, there is a process by which to do this. You just can't be trying to shut down everybody from sharing their actual opinions. Independence Day, guess what? Reminds us all of the divine providence present when our nation's founders came together in and around 1776. Their bravery smarts. And words created the foundation for the greatest living democracy in the history of the world. America is the first nation founded on the idea of natural God-given rights and the political principles of liberty, equality, and limited government. That's why it's important to think about this as we celebrate the Declaration of Independence. And our friends at Hillsdale College want you to read them again and again and share. You'll find them online at a website set up just for this audience, Clay and Buck for Hillsdale.com. Hillsdale's been defining and defending our freedom since their founding in the mid-1800s. Visit Clay and Buck for Hillsdale.com. Again, Clay and Buck for F-O-R Hillsdale.com. Speaking of uh, free speech... And our promise here that we would have on candidates who get a certain percentage on the on the uh, polls that are running for Republicans, uh, there will be a free speech session in the second hour of the program where the former governor of New Jersey, Mr. Chris Christie, is supposed to be 
with us. If I, I would put this out there, uh, maybe we could take a question or two from our VIPs, Clay, to pose yeah. to Christy. So, because we we want to have we want you to have this opportunity to uh, to write in, and we'll be able to ask Christy. I mean, the most obvious question I I want to ask him. I'll say this even on the air now. I don't. I doubt he's listening. Um, but uh, I, I want to know: Is he really running, or is he just doing a vendetta against Trump? You know, does he really think and want both of those things? Does he think he can be president, and does he want to be president, or is he just doing this because of a personal feud with Donald Trump, who is the far and away Republican frontrunner? So I think that's the most obvious question. But if you got something for us, go to clayenbuck.com. Uh, our VIPs know because they're already signed up. You can sign up there. Send our team in the next hour. We'll look at. Uh, some of the questions sent our way and i think it's look i think it's important to uh hear out he's the, one of the only guys and we know why but who is getting real media attention on the republican side of things other than trump yeah and i i thought it was interesting i don't know what you did for the fourth of july buck but trump did the rally i believe in Pickens, south carolina and then he was at Mar-a-Lago for July 4th. I stayed at home um, here in, in the Tennessee area in Franklin. And I I just feel like, remember last year when Top Gun Maverick came out? And you could feel there was a visceral demand out there for pro-America. I felt like on this July 4th, I could feel that as well. I feel like next year, there is going to be a desperate America is awesome contingent that is ready to rise up. I, I, I really do feel that. And I feel as if July 4th has become, for those of us who actually like America, an opportunity to be even more aggressive in our love because there's a contingent out there, Buck, that legitimately hates America and now is refusing to support and uh, and even celebrate July Fourth. I love your optimism. I am. <laughs> I can say that. I love your, the sense that next summer, in the heat of a presidential election, we're all going to be waving flags and loving the country. We're not well, going to be I think told the people that- who like America are responding to the attacks on America in a way that I haven't seen before, Buck. Where there's more of a pro-America voice than I've seen before. And 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 I see it as as much as just maybe it's partly where I live as cuz I think there's a there's a good story out there about red getting redder and blue getting bluer and I think when red gets redder the America is awesome contingent is even more ascendant and that is where I live and I know I'm curious for you you had your first July 4th in Miami, right? I mean, you've been for most yes. of your life in New York City. Uh, I'm curious what the vibe was in Miami, what your experience was like. It was um, it was very uh, especial down here. Uh, was there fireworks lot... going off every direction, everywhere you could look, basically, from your place? There were fireworks that were exploding at my window level of where I live in an apartment building down here in downtown Miami. So it was, uh, yeah, and I, I don't mean at my level, um, I mean like, 20 feet, 50 feet from my window. <laughs> it was right here. It was loud. It was very loud. Who were also, the people a, a that lot were of shooting music. those off? Like from boats? Where were the, where on were the, the fireworks? On the street. Oh, yeah. People were going out on the street and setting up full-on professional yeah, oh, yeah. style, therefore illegal in this context, fireworks <laughs> all over all over downtown. Also, if you're fond of being able to hear the uh, bass from music 
absolutely anywhere at all times, you will love downtown Miami on a holiday weekend. If you if you want to be able to hear the bass music from someone else's from someone else's speaker system that is, you know, half a mile away while you're in the shower, Miami is the town for you. I'm just letting you know. The loudness here is a thing. So there's a lot of loud music. Last year, I was down on the Florida Gulf Coast, which is usually where I am. My wife's studying for the bar exam, so we're limiting, uh, trying not to travel as much as we ordinarily would. I cannot wait for the bar exam to uh, to officially be over. But um, And I've been in Michigan quite a few times as well. And what's cool about both of those places, Buck, is all these different little communities have their own fireworks display out over the water. So depending on where you are, you can see, oh, that's that city so uh, shooting off its fireworks, and they kind of go in concert. And then I've also been uh, in L.A., where I think it was a lot like what you're talking about in Miami. I remember Buck being on the 405, driving back from the South Bay, uh, where I had spent uh, much of the 4th. And as I was driving on the 405, there were fireworks everywhere. I've never seen anything like it. All these different neighborhoods in Los Angeles, all these different people out in their backyard setting off fireworks. And from the 405, you could see them everywhere. And then the other thing I've done that's pretty cool is I've traveled twice on the 4th in the evening. That's pretty badass. When it's a clear night and you're traveling uh, and, and taking a flight, you can see as you're moving across the country the fireworks celebrations going off in so many different places. I don't know how many people have found themselves for some reason traveling on the 4th where you're up in the air at night on a clear night. Man, that's pretty incredible. So I, I just, I really do feel like there is a deep wellspring. And I, I don't know if it's just me. I tend to be an optimist, but I feel like there is a deep wellspring after all the attacks of people who want to rise up and say, no, America is amazing. And, uh, and this is an opportunity for all of us to come together and reflect upon that. I think people are getting tired of the communists, uh, communists who hate this country. I do yes. think that's happening. I think people are tired of the constant tearing down of the country and, uh, the very obvious, uh, connection that the Democratic Party has to the most anti-American and most radical voices. Um, and this is interesting because it's not even a, uh, it's not even on an American show. This, I want to play this for everybody. It's a, it's a little long. It's a little longer than a clip that you would normally hear. But you know Doug Murray, right? Douglas Murray, oh, yeah. author, Fox News. We've guy, had him on Fox the show, haven't we? Yeah, we've had him on before. Yeah. Um, he's just a super smart guy. And I've interviewed him before here on this show, also in podcast form. He loves history and has a real knowledge of it. And he was on Piers Morgan's British, uh, Piers Morgan on, wait, is that on Fox? Where is that? Is the uncensored it's on a British. Fox? It's a British show. Uh, it is a British so show. It originates okay. in London, yeah. I thought I thought he was part of like the Fox world now, but anyway, I can't keep up. Point being. It, it is a Rupert Murdoch-owned television network go. in England. Thank you. Okay. So here's yeah. Piers uh, with, with, well, this is Doug Murray. It's a little long. I just wanted you guys to hear this about the demand on the, you know, going into Independence Day weekend for in reparations and confronting American history and all this stuff. Here's what Murray says. Play four. 
It's a kind of grievance competition. Your guest earlier just tried to engage in it. I don't know what hurt she believes she's had from slavery. Uh, all of this was addressed two centuries ago. Everything has consequences. All history has consequences and ramifications. But, you know, if we were to play this fairly, we would at least look at all of the countries around the world that engaged in the slave trade who are simply not interested in any form of reparations, the, the, the Ottoman Empire, all the Arab countries who not just traded far more slaves than across the Atlantic, but castrated all the men so that there wouldn't be any more African slaves in, uh, after them. They worked them to the bone. I see no interest across Africa in paying reparations for selling their brother and sister Africans into slavery or for working them to the bone to the present day. There is slavery across Africa today. In fact, there are more slaves in the world today than there were at the height of the transatlantic slave trade. So some of us are simply a bit bored of hearing people ripping at closed wounds and then crying about their hurt hurt or their presumed hurt because everybody could do this. A million Europeans were stolen by North Africans over the course of decades of the North African Barbary pirate slave trade. Where would you end if you did that? The answer is you couldn't end because nobody is alive who has actually suffered the hurt and nobody is alive who did the wrong. And I'd make one other point if I may. It's always the countries that people want to come to who are put through this struggle session. Britain, like America and France, are among the, are the most desired destinations for migrants worldwide and have been for centuries. Why is that? It's not because we're racist. It's because we're better. It's because we're good. It's because when we see racism, we actually call it out and recognize it as a sin. Try finding that across Africa. Try finding that across the Middle East or in China. Nobody would hear. So what we have is a situation where the more virtuous countries are presented as the worst countries. It's sick, and most of us are tired of it. Phenomenal, right? Yeah, Nailed. very very well said. Um, and, I, again, I think the biggest lie that is sold today is that America is a racist country. And it all has its root, in my opinion, Buck, in identity politics. Democrats have to convince black voters who represent the highest percentage of Democrat support that they are living in an awful racist place because otherwise they don't think they'll show up and vote. And the only way this ends is with the utter destruction of identity politics, which is, I think, the root cancer that exists in the American body politic right now. Even a long four-day weekend doesn't provide enough R&R to restore your full energy reserve to perform at your absolute best. You know how desperate they are to actually have a little bit of energy in the White House? Did you see the cocaine story over the weekend? You know, a White House filled with a lot of testosterone might not need cocaine. Just tossing it out there. Maybe they could use some all-natural chalk supplements. In fact, it's probably what a lot of people inside the Biden White House need. There's never been a White House in the history of our country with a lower level of testosterone than the Biden White House. Does it surprise you that it's also the weakest, the least respected, the worst? Doesn't surprise me at all. That's why you need chalk. It's all natural. It will, if you use it for three months, restore 20% of your testosterone back all natural. You know, men today have 50% the testosterone level that they did decades ago. We've got an effeminate, weak culture of manhood right now in this country. And if you need some vim, vigor, vitality, and you don't want to be like the Biden White House using cocaine to try to get it, how about going and getting chalk? All natural, 35% off for life. Go check it out right now. Right after July 4th, maybe. 
You're dragging a little bit here at the office today as you're driving around listening to us. CHOQ.com is that website. CHOQ.com. 35% off any chalk subscription for life. When you use my name, Clay, as the promo code, do it today. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Use your CNB 24-7 subscription to get access to the guys. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm an optimist. You know, Buck, today is National Bikini Day. Um, and uh, I would imagine that there are probably a decent number of our listeners still on vacation. It would not stun me if we are being listened to all over the United States and some places around the world by people that are out on the beach today uh, as they're uh, you know sort of sampling what's going on, checking to see what we're talking about. God bless. So are bikinis. you are you claiming that there are ladies in bikinis listening to the Clay and Buck show right now? I would think that the answer is yes. Although I bet there's more men slightly overweight in bathing suits listening to the Clay and Buck <laughs> Clay and Buck show right now than there are women in bikinis. But I will say this. 
I spend a lot of time, I, not this year as much, but uh, the you're in Miami. I bet you see people in bathing suits all the time. The bikini keeps getting smaller. Have you noticed this? Like, back in the day, it was like almost no one had a bathing suit where you could see the whole butt, right? That used to be really rare. Every girl wears, I don't even know how women get in these bathing suits, Every girl basically wears bathing suits. And I say girl, I'm saying like 16 to like 45 now. There's not a lot of difference in women's bathing suits. Uh, There used to be like a mom bathing suit, and then there was like a teenage girl bathing suit. You know, there's not a lot of difference anymore, Buck. Yeah, there was like the the dark blue one-piece. You know, that was kind of like the mom. Yes, the the standard mom. You know, you go with the dark blue one-piece that you're like, yeah, it's a bathing suit. There's that. I know there's a lot of men out there who know what I'm talking. I can't tell now. Is that like somebody's mom? Is that somebody's older sister? Is that like a sorority? Like the the age range, there's almost no difference in the way people dress. So so I need to understand something, Clay, and I, I think the audience deserves the truth on this one. Do you own either European cut or full scale Speedo bathing suits? No. I have never worn any to my knowledge. I've never worn any bathing suit other than a, you know, like knee length bathing suit. I will tell you this, Buck. When I started dating my wife, uh, we were out with her dad and he has a boat. He lives in Michigan. We were out on, uh, one of the lakes and he said, Hey, can you take the wheel for a sec? I said, sure. I go to take the wheel. He drops his shorts full on speedo. Like my wife's dad. First time I ever met him, really, just says, hey, take the wheel. My wife, I said, hey, you should have given me some notice that your dad was a Speedo guy because I had never seen anybody that I was with ever be in a Speedo before, and I guarantee you my jaw dropped because I'm sitting there trying to monitor the, the, the boat, and later I was like, your dad wears Speedos, and you didn't think, hey, maybe I should tell my boyfriend given that he's going to meet my dad for one of the first times ever, that he's going to be in a Speedo out on the boat? No warning in advance. Would you have expected to get a warning in advance if your future father-in-law was going to be going Speedo on the boat? I mean, is he European? No, no. He's, he's born and raised. No, <laughs> is, he, yes. is he from he uh, is not, he uh, is the not south Italian. of France? He is he a guy who... On, uh, uh, on the, the Mediterranean? No, no, no. This I is, think uh, the rule he, is if you're wearing a Speedo, it doesn't matter how small, how tight, or how inappropriate it is. If your name is Jean-Paul and uh, you have a big uh, galoise and you have a big uh, chest hair, you know, then you're good. Then you're allowed to wear the Speedo. But if you're Clay or Buck... Board shorts, pretty much. Board shorts. Well, Speedo are... would be funny for humor purposes, like especially like an American flag Speedo. Um, I don't think that I'm going to go that look anytime soon. Uh, but I, I, I felt as if I deserved the warning that, hey, my fa- your future father-in-law, big Speedo guy, just be aware so that I didn't just look shocked when suddenly, next thing you know, he's rocking the banana. I mean, I, I will tell you, I did get taken to a nude beach once. Oh, and that's I, a big revelation with 40 I, seconds left in the hour. I did not. I did not go nude. I was like, I, I can't. I can't. I'm not into this. Is it that was like acceptable? an optional. Can you go to the nude beach and, and stay clothed? 
there really wasn't very many people on the beach, so I felt like it didn't really matter. But I did end up on a beach that was technically considered to be a nude beach because it's a private beach. This was in the continental United States. Were they okay? Were they people that you would want to see naked, naked on the beach? Nope. Yeah. That's, that's that's the big issue with the nude beach. It's never the people you would like yeah. to see naked. That I'll tell you this. There are lots of topless sunbathers where you live in Miami. And they're oftentimes very good looking women. I noticed that. I you know, I have not I plead the fifth uh, ever on seen, all these things. Plead the yeah, fifth. I have never seen uh, the nude beach that has anybody attractive on it naked. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the, on the front, front lines, lines of, of truth. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.